0: Lose the Cape Podcast, episode 112. Today we interview Amy Simpkins, who's a former space engineer turned business coach, which yes, we thought was a strange transition too. We thoroughly enjoyed interviewing Amy and getting all of her uh, life hacks and tips on being a uh, self-created business entrepreneur with three really young children in her home. And um, just had a great time with this with this podcast interview. You can check out all the show notes and everything that we mention at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash one one two. And while you're there, make sure you check out our sponsors, Trigger Memory Co. They can be you can find out all about their um, product to help kids remember and learn their times tales in a really fun and memorable way at losethecape.com forward slash times tales. Have a great day. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Lose the Cape podcast where we interview busy modern moms uh, and people who enjoy helping modern moms. We intend to bring you stories of uh, inspiration, transformation, tips, tools, resources, anything we can do to help make your life as a busy mom easier and more fun and full of laughter. Today, we are happy to bring you Amy Simpkins, who is a coach from Vision Architect. Amy Simpkins is an entrepreneur, shir- entre- if I could talk, this would be better. Amy Simpkins is an entrepreneurship coach, speaker, and vision architect. As an MI, geez tra- yeah. louise, y'all, this is not a good song. There are a lot of big words in this. All right, take, take three. Amy Simpkins is an entrepreneurship coach, speaker, and vision architect. As an MIT-trained engineer, she architected complex missions to outer space. Now she's applying those proven technical design principles and big-picture mindset to help you shift your business from possible to profitable. She helps her clients craft clear, cohesive, big picture visions for their business and then use an iterative implementation approach to make those visions reality, creating revenue and unstoppable momentum along the way. She offers coaching, courses, and workshops. Amy lives with her entrepreneurial husband and three crazy kids in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains outside Denver, Colorado, where I have never been but hear wonderful things about it. And so thank you for being with us, Amy. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: Good morning.
0: So we're just simple people. <laughs> we may no. need you to break down <laughs> that, uh, that, um, that resume just a little bit for us. I mean, how cool that you helped stuff get into outer space. Uh, can you give us like the barnified version of,
2: <laughs>
0: of what all that means that I just read?
2: <laughs> sure, sure. When I was 12 years old, uh, I decided I wanted to be an astronaut. Me too. It didn't yeah. See, I, see, there we go. <laughs> we have common ground. We have common ground. And um, I was like, no, I'm really going to do this. And every decision I made after that, through high school and college and grad school and employment, was all directed towards that goal. And I was one of those annoying people that you see that like always knew what they were going to do with their life, <laughs> and that remained true until about 20 years later when all of a sudden i was like i don't think this is what i want to do anymore oh no (laughs) i think that i've i had done so much so much of the stuff that i had set out to do i had gotten to work with astronauts designing manned spacecraft i had flown actual interplanetary spacecraft so there's one you might hear in the news right now um juno is at jupiter and you might see like in your facebook feed these incredible pictures that are close-ups of Jupiter that are just now coming out. That was the last spacecraft I worked on, and I helped it launch and then do its early like checkouts and all of that while it was on orbit. That was right before I left my corporate engineering job. Wow. And so I got to live the dream. Like I'm and I'm so grateful for all of that. That like I had a goal, I set out to achieve the goal. I did achieve the goal. And then I sort of was looking for what's next, you know, what's next in corporate engineering. I had sort of let the, the astronaut dream specifically, like for me to go. Obviously, I think it would be really awesome to go fly in space. Who wouldn't want right. to? Right. But um, the, the actual life and career of an astronaut is, was not where my skill set was at. They are operators of the spacecraft. And I really wanted to be on more of the innovative design type of side. And so I focused on my career as an engineer, as opposed to, you know, the astronaut uh, part. And once I got to this place of saying, okay, what's next in my career? What else do I want to do? I started looking around in the corporate world and going, I don't want to do any of these jobs. Mm -hmm. Like it seems like all that's left for me is to climb the corporate ladder. And at the time I had just had my second child. I was actually coming off of the infant year, my second infant year, um, when my child just started to sleep through the night again and I was feeling actually like a human. (laughs) And so I was able to come into work and say, okay, like I put my career kind of on the back burner while I'm in this infant phase and I'm ready to like re-engage with it and do something different. And there was just nothing that came out to me as, this would be fun. This would be exciting. This is the next logical step for you. And I talked to some people who are higher up in management about what I could do. And if I could apprentice with someone like I want, could I write my own job description? Here are what my skills are. How would, how would you see the company as using these skills? And basically I got a bunch of, no, we don't, we don't really want to use those particular skills. We'd rather if you come over here and do this really boring thing. Right. And then maybe in 10 or 15 years, and this is like almost a direct quote, maybe in 10 or 15 years, if you wait, you'll get to do this thing that you want to do. After your whole soul has been sucked from your body. (laughs) And I've spent my children's entire childhoods away from them right which i you know i was fine being a working mom i was actually you know i being working outside the home i was definitely fine with that i was um i felt really comfortable having my own goals and my own interests and passions and being able to pursue that and set that example for my children until my job became not my passions And it became just another thing that I did, Mm -hmm. um, away from my children. And I was like, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't really seem worth it to me. Um, and I simultaneously, it was this perfect storm of events. Simultaneously, I got bit by the entrepreneurship bug and I said, wow, people do this. People actually (laughs) like start their own thing and they're able to like, make money and do it in a way that supports the lifestyle they want to build. And, um, I had always wanted to homeschool my kids. That was kind of even way before the whole entrepreneurship thing happened. I was like, how am I going to work a regular corporate job and my husband's going to work a regular corporate job and we're still going to homeschool the kids. (laughs) How does that work? Like there's gotta be a way like evenings and weekends and like, Cause we're those kind of crazy people. And so it turned out to be like a big, huge answer to the question that the lifestyle that we were creating would be better supported by an entrepreneurship type of lifestyle. And um, so that sort of, Long story short, through lots of trial and error and still in modes of trial and error, I'm now an entrepreneur and I, I do business coaching for people who are starting and growing businesses. My husband actually, under my coaching, I like to take the credit, actually left his corporate engineering job and started his own renewable energy consultancy, doing renewable energy analysis. And so we are two-entrepreneur family, which is – insane and wonderful and terrifying and all of the extreme uh, descriptive words. Yeah,
0: it is. It, it, it is. I mean, especially when you come from two very stable corporate jobs where you you know your, your money's going to be deposited on the 1st and the 15th <laughs> or whatever, you know, and then it's like, oh boy, what are we doing? This is exciting. <laughs> exactly. So
1: I would like to go back to when you were 12 and you set that goal for yourself. Um, I have a 10 year old and a five year old where we want them to have goals, but at 10, you tell them have a goal and go after it. And it's like, um, yeah, my goal is to eat a peanut butter sandwich for lunch. (laughs) Do you think, did your parents play a big part in helping you achieve like to stay on that path? Or do you think it was just something in you? You were just born with it. Do you think you just had that grit that it took?
2: I think there was a combination of it. Um, you know, for me inside my own head, I certainly had a lot of self motivation, but I also look at the way my parents handled my brothers who are both younger than me. And, you know, they definitely encouraged like the passions and the interests. So my second brother um, for a while wanted to be a pilot and he was like when he was in that sort of middle school time frame, and he, you know, my parents were very encouraged. They took him to an, um, civil air patrol meeting and introduced him to some like airline pilots we had in our circle and stuff like that. And about three years later, so now, you know, if he was 12, at the, I don't remember exactly, but he's 12 at the time. So like maybe when he's 15, he kind of switched over into being super interested in technical theater, which mm-hmm. is, Like as he got into high school, he started working with the theater department and doing lighting and sound and all of the, and sets and all of the different pieces. And that's the one that really took off for him. And today he is the head audio engineer at a very large performing arts complex in Indiana and living his dream. Um, And it turns out that actually my youngest brother um, is now the Air Force pilot. (laughs) <laughs> uh, after going to the Air Force Academy. But it was always, my, my parents did do a good job of creating opportunities. And when my brother said, you know, I don't think I actually wanna be a pilot. I think I have these other interests that I think would be a better thing for me to pursue. There was no like pushback push back on that. Mm-hmm. It was an open environment of sure, let's go explore that. Mm-hmm. What would it look like to earn money doing that? What would it look like to get an education doing that? What's the path? What are the schools? Who do you need to talk to? So, you know, it, during his later high school years, my parents took him to, uh, we, I grew up in Detroit. So lots of auto industries. I had a, uh, we have a friend who did voiceover work for, huh. the, uh, for the auto companies. Um, like, she w- like on the um, promotional videos, she would be the friendly voice that was like, this is Chrysler you know, like, you know, like welcome to Chrysler. That was like her. And so she took him to the studio and showed him where, like where she did the recording and all of this stuff. And um, yeah. So like creating the opportunities for them to explore what their passions are. And I think there's a disconnect sometimes in how the passion can make you money. (laughs) and turn it into an actual business or career or job. And I think my parents were very good at that part of it, like trying to make that connection. Cause a lot, of, I think there are a lot of parents who are terrified about like, well, my child says they want to major in art history. And I can't imagine how that would connect to income. And so I'm going to you know, greatly encourage them, which turns out to sound like demanding, To be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer or some other professional career and change their entire path instead of saying, how could we take that interest and turn it into something that you can build a career on, you can build a revenue generation on?
1: I think that's a great tip for parents.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we're at the same stage. My oldest is also 10. And we're just starting to have the conversation of what do you think you want to do when you grow up right now? All he wants to do is play video games and live stream on YouTube. So <laughs> trying to figure out ways to find um, potential opportunities that he could actually make a living from doing something like that. It's, yeah. It's interesting
2: yeah it's and that's stuff, it's totally possible i mean there's yeah. so there's a lot of and once you once you start on a path to video game design mm-hmm. you're into programming and coding, which are like infinitely applicable skills you right. know Absolutely. or and even game design itself is about storytelling and it's about paths of logic you know mm-hmm. that go through a story and so there's lots of different ways that those things can be applied to many different paths. I mean, that sort of brings me back to my own path that when you, when you look at it on the surface, I was an engineer and now I'm a business coach and sometimes life coach, depending on what people need. And it, it's like, it's like, wow, that was a, like a left turn. <laughs> but, but what I do is I, all of the, you know, what being an engineer is about, is about problem solving. Mm-hmm. And it's about critically listening to what the problems are and what the what the stuck points are, and then using your imagination, and pl- using your imagination, fueled by data and analysis and all your technical knowledge, and fusing those together to solve the problem, in a way that makes everyone happy and is hopefully inexpensive and doesn't take it forever, <laughs> which is a big, which are, which is a huge problem space, right? So not only solving the technical problem, but solving the problem in a low cost and a uh, short solute, short time frame sort of way. Um, I use all of those skills as a business coach. Mm-hmm. I have to listen critically to what my clients are going through, and I have to take myself out of the equation, and then using the full power of both my technical knowledge about business, about good product design, which I learned, by the way, in engineering, and fusing that with my intuition and my imagination and my sense of empathy towards that person to help them develop a solution that's right for them. It's the same. Mm-hmm. It's just business engineering instead of, right. instead of spacecraft engineering, which is what I did before. So um, how old are your kids now? They are six, five, and two next month. Oh, they're itty bitties. Wow. Yes. It's, so It's a circus around uh, here. Yes. <laughs> I'm
0: not going to lie to you. Oh my goodness. I remember when my kids, wait, you said six, five, and two?
2: Six, five, and almost two. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. So mine are, mine are 10, seven, and five now. So I remember they're a little bit spaced out a little bit differently, but I remember in that three under six time frame, and that, uh, yeah, circus is is a polite word. (laughs) Yeah. I would probably go with shit show, but
2: it can be, it can be a shit show. Yes.
0: I don't
1: have, I only have two and they're five years apart. So it's just, um, mean girls here, 24, seven, just fighting and mean I don't know why they don't like each other <laughs> I mean, up to the point where they're going to hate each other. And I have a sister and we're five years apart and we went through that too. And now oh, we're yeah. best friends, but yeah.
2: Lord, me. Girls are you girls or boys? I have boy, girl, boy, boy, girl, boy. Cool. So the first two are 13 months apart. <laughs> <laughs> and I see why you
0: lost your mind. and didn't want to go back to work. <laughs>
2: I'm just kidding. And, and no, 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 seriously, because it was after the second one and I had been pregnant for like three years straight. Right. Two, or however that works out. Yeah. Pregnant or an infant year. Right. For three years straight when I came out of it. And I had these two littles, you know. Um, but yeah, but they're so it's boy, girl, and they fight like I don't know what's the right analogy. <laughs> they cats it's and just and cats and dogs, and they're 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 beautiful to other children. Right. They're so compassionate. Yeah. And they're so inclusive of everyone else. And with each other, they just want to punch each other in the face all day. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yes. I, don't, I don't get it. And then they have moments. They have moments of, like, total – like, yesterday we went to the, to the lake, to the beach to swim. And, like, five minutes after he was punching her in the head <laughs> – He was rescuing her from the water when she got in a little bit over her head. And I'm like, I don't even know you guys. They're like
1: their greatest ally and their worst enemy all in one. I mean, because you can't, if I get onto my oldest daughter, my youngest one is coming after me. Like you don't tell her what, you know, taking it for, but then she will cut her throat. (laughs) You know, (laughs) if it comes down to it.
2: (laughs) So I have no idea. If your listeners are looking for parenting advice, I have nothing.
0: (laughs) Well, what we are looking for is how you balance running your business at home with three little children. I I wasn't just from listening to you and how together you seem. I was assuming your kids were like teens (laughs) No, to hear that they were
2: really small. And now I'm super curious about how you're doing all of this. (laughs) No, I regularly say to my husband, I can't wait till I'm 40. (laughs) <laughs> like he he's ter- so he he turns 40 this year and <laughs> it's not he's not so bad I just and get he's, it. <laughs> ter- he's terrified and he's like he's like I hate that don't say it don't even say it. and I'm like I can't wait when I'm 40 I'll have a 10 year old uh. <laughs> and like doesn't that sound amazing to you like and we could maybe we could like do some of this other stuff again we you know we we generally have the belief that you don't need to give up a ton of stuff When you're a parent, we, you know, we, Mm -hmm. we've traveled, uh, before our kids and we take our kids all over the world. We have not slowed down one bit on the travel, but one other thing that we did before kids was we climbed mountains. We live here in Colorado. That was a thing. The weekend would come, we would pack up the tent, go climb something, you know, come back and go back to work. And, um, that has not happened. I have climbed one mountain one (laughs) since my first child was born and he was six, almost six and a half. So, um, There are certain things, certain things that I've given up, but yeah. How do I balance it? It's so a big deal. It's a big deal to get help. That's that's Mm -hmm. get help. Um, even, even in my days of once I quit my job, we kept like the nanny on for one day a week. Mm -hmm. Um, and God bless the moms who run a business with no help. I don't, I don't know how to do that. Um, without, like at least one day, especially in a business like this one, where I need to be interacting with clients mm-hmm. i had I have to have private time in a room that is silent right you know that is uninterrupted. Um, I also have great clients who are very understanding of you know when family things come up, but the really big breakthrough for me was when my husband went on his own entrepreneurial journey, mm-hmm. and we are a team Mm -hmm. and we cover each other right now he's covering upstairs (laughs) Um, and uh we you know we have to we still have trouble with syncing our schedules we're still working out the bugs on that he's been out for uh nine months of -hmm. his of his corporate job Mm -hmm. but like syncing our schedules so we don't schedule meetings on top of each other so there's always someone to cover um we always know when the day is that they're going to be either with a babysitter or they actually, we homeschool 80% of the time and they go to school one day a week mm-hmm. um, at a, a local charter school that supports homeschoolers. And so there's this, it's a very complex schedule, but that's how I create these little pockets of time for my business. Right. Um, you know uh, he's also very involved that we we also do a good job of like, not even not just when you have calls or meetings, but creating empty space for each other. Like he will take the kids on Saturdays Home Depot Kids Workshop. Mm -hmm. If you have not been you should it's free at Home Depot on the first Saturday of the month. Mm -hmm. And he will he takes all three of them to Home Depot Kids Workshop, the park and out for lunch. So I have the entire morning and the first part of the afternoon until the little one naps to myself to do whatever creative work, catch up on email, like in the empty space that you need, because your business isn't all all about calls and meetings, right? Right. You need to have the empty space. And like after, you know, so he does that. Like yesterday I took the kids to the lake at like all three of them and then to back to school night and we were gone pretty much all day. So he had complete empty space Mm -hmm. as opposed to having to change gears every half hour, or 45 minutes into parent work, parent work. work. And so
0: it really is the, the most challenging part about working from home with kids at home is that inability sometimes to get uninterrupted focus time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So when you're balancing, he's got kids, you're working, you've got the kids he's working. When do y'all find time as a couple to nurture that relationship?
2: So we don't really watch TV. I I know that's something that a lot of people do as a decompress mechanism Mm -hmm. and I know that I'm not out to judge watching TV but I used to watch a lot of TV uh, before kids and I had shows that like I I had to watch my show and like find out what happened and um, my husband Mm -hmm. just never was really into TV and sort of so we've evolved into we have a TV we watch a lot of sports um, Mm -hmm. that's why we still have a TV but generally speaking, like in the evenings, once the kids go to bed, we do some work, but we also have touch, touch time, you know, of um, <laughs> conversation, like sitting on the porch, drinking a cup of tea and like catching up. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to take baths That's a, and baths are great because um, no cell phones. Mm-hmm. Cause you can't have yeah. a cell phone that's not a good idea, yeah. <laughs> and so that's like good intensive like conversation plus relaxation, and that's really what when that all happens
1: good tip Get yeah. in the water <laughs> get in the water
2: <laughs> yeah get in the water and, and put the you know deliberately putting the electronics down, whether that's the phone or the or the t v yeah. um I know you you know you need to decompress but that it's really makes a difference for us mm-hmm. to not tune out of each other during decompression time that decompression time kind of happens together
0: yeah that's super easy to happen too and you kind of you're decompressing in different ways. Yeah, like
2: I need to
1: decompress from all of you, like right. you and you and you and you. Well, and
2: I I do that too. I'm an I'm an introvert, so I need to have like alone time. But I'm generally better at finding those pockets of alone time, um, where I like lock myself in the bathroom. Like I'm pooping, not really, but but give me a few more minutes. (laughs) Uh,
0: I may be in here about an hour. Right, Exactly.
2: exactly. So if I can create some of those little pockets of time that are really, truly away from everybody, um, that's what helps me.
0: So I want to get back a little bit to your transition then, because now I'm super interested knowing that this has really not been, um, how long have you been doing this now
2: on your own? Um, so I, let's see, it's complicated. You, you know, when does it really start? Right. <laughs> what do you count the start part? But I left my job in May of, uh, 20, wait, 2014. Okay, I left my so job a in years. May of 2014. And I, while I had been dabbling around with coaching and putting up websites and blogging, and I actually tried a different, a few different ventures that were not coaching that failed pretty fast before that. Um, I took my first paying client that summer. So it, my paid coaching client. So it's for my coaching business and my leaving the corporate world was almost simultaneous in uh, May, 2014.
0: So what was your process then to um to grow your client base cuz I mean that must have been a bit of an interesting transition for you to be like hey guys I was an engineer yesterday today I'm a business coach <laughs> come yeah. on board.
2: Okay so I st- yes yeah, so th- I started out when I first hit, so I started out with wanting to coach about 9 months before that so fall of 2013 and I had this like lightning bolt epiphany about being a coach mm-hmm. that I there were some latent gifts that I had that I had been in denial about possibly my entire life. And I was like, I think I need to do, it was like the, you know, the heavens parted. I was like, I think I need to do this. You guys, I think (laughs) I need, like, I, it's it's a compulsion. Like I have to, I can't not do this. Mm -hmm. And I put up a Facebook, I was like, I was going to be a life coach. And I put up a Facebook post that said, um, hey, friends and family, I'm going to be a life coach now. And I record a little video about why that was. And I'm like, so tell me what your problems are and I will help you solve them. And that was a, t- that was a terrible idea.
0: Um, I'm just
2: imagining it, knowing some people in my
0: lives that have similar backgrounds to you. Like if I saw that video come up on Facebook, I'd be like, she's
2: lost her mind. What no, has happened? Got, Two well, little children have pushed her over the edge. Well, I've got people, pe- I got people emailing me with like huge like oh. giant <laughs> problems and like and like really serious like abuse and like oh addiction no. yeah. and i was like this is Uh-oh. not what i meant this is not i am not equipped for this never mind and i actually that was i abandoned the coaching idea because oh i was like i can't do this i can't i can't be in that uh, right, that I'm right. not equipped for this. I'm not educated. Never well, mind. They need
1: it like a psychiatrist, not right. right. Yes, That's they needed like
2: serious therapy. This is not what I yeah. meant. Right. <laughs> and so that I launched a couple of other businesses. One failed super fast. One was like kind of has kind of been a side hustle the whole time. But like, and then I came back around that spring to like, no, no, I really want to do this with people. I just need to set some really healthy boundaries. So that was the first thing was like setting boundaries around what i wanted to do and who i wanted to help and it sounds really cliche it wasn't necessarily like a who's my ideal client exercise (laughs) that these the gurus want you to do but i had to get serious about what exactly i was trying to do and why these people were not right who came to me in the first place and who i wanted instead which centered a lot around people in career crisis And yeah. people st- saying like, do I want to start my own business or do I want to stay in my corporate job? If I stay in my corporate job, do I need to change where I'm at? Either a new company or a new group or a new role? Like, And and so it was centered a lot around that. And those were my first group of clients. My first group of clients came all from like personal connections. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any like referrals or anything. It was all friends or acquaintances who had kind of heard and, um, tried it out. I started out charging absolute peanuts and, but I got a, but I got on the book. Somebody paid me money right. to help them work through right. their consternation around their work, around their career and whether they wanted to start a business. And when I landed that first, like quote, full price client, I was, they were, she was like, okay, let's do it. And I was like, really? <laughs> Why? <laughs> and I like I had to, I had to hold myself back but she was with me for 18 months and she actually paid me quite a bit of money and um through the, and then it was sort of like from there I felt you know the the act of charging for the energy that you're putting out in the world mm-hmm. is powerful and right. it helped me feel legit and right. real right. and enabled me to be more confident and say, yeah, this is what I'm doing and ask for more referrals and be more confident in that. And it, it just, it started to grow from there. I had a couple of other different kinds of clients, but it's an, in that first year or two, it was very evolutionary of working with a client for three months. Cause that was my time period at the time was three month blocks and saying, yeah, I, I helped that person but it's not necessarily what I feel I'm the best at helping people with. And so it was a big journey of learning for me about how am I showing up to this coaching thing and who do I really want to help? And it kind of, so it was um, spring. It was actually spring of 2016 when I finally said, I want to help people start businesses. I'm going to focus. I'm going to get really super focused on that and do people who are starting businesses, growing businesses. And I, and the variety comes in where I, um, sorry, my computer just. We still got you. Okay, good. Hopefully (laughs) it wanted to, sorry. Hopefully you're editing this recording. It wanted (laughs) to do a restart and I told it to delay it earlier. And now it just told me again. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Microsoft. (laughs) Um, okay. So in, so it was about a it was two years into it that I got really focused about the like entrepreneurship piece that I noticed that the best results that I got for people and the most fun that I had as a coach and the most fun that, that they had as clients happened when we were working on building a business mm-hmm. when we were at, and so it was, and again, it was still combination. It wasn't all like step-by-step, step, here's what you do kinds of coaching. We were still exploring the mindset stuff, the values, the inner fears, and all of that kind of coaching intuitive stuff, but also working towards this very specific building thing. And so I started to focus on that. And it's funny because now we're a a little, we're almost a year and a half after that. And I'm kind of coming back around to, it's pretty much work in general, what I help people with. It's not just business builders, although I very, very, very much enjoy helping business builders, but it's people who are, want to design work that fits them and their passions and their lives. And sometimes that looks like starting a business and I have a huge focus on that, but sometimes that looks like figuring out what's wrong with their corporate job. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was kind of the, and, and now, now, just now, three years in, little over three years in, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting that like organic traffic. I'm getting cold leads. I'm getting people who've heard of me, people who've seen me interacting in Facebook groups or people who have a friend of a friend. And so it does take time. Like we all want to have this dream of like you start a business and you can like ramp to six figures in three (laughs) months. And there's something to be said for this slow evolutionary growth that allows you to grow along with your business. To the point where you're ready for that you're ready for that and you're able to articulate what it is that you do and how you're helping people and what the value is and what you're doing um that's the way it kind of worked for me that even though i was able to generate revenue some revenue relatively quickly the growth is still an evolutionary process
0: yeah aubrey and i have definitely experienced that this year in particular as both of our businesses are shifting a little bit and pivoting a lot in Aubrey's case. <laughs> <laughs> right, but <clears throat> I wish more people,
1: especially coaches, um would be honest about that. The mm-hmm. growth is mm-hmm. let's grow slow instead of because you do when you first jump in, I'm going to be a business person or I'm going to do this online thing and you get sucked into that. Oh, but you're going to make $600,000 like in 6 months. Wow. Look, I'm going to I'm going to be freaking rich and you're like Three years later, you're like, uh, the IRS is not going to believe again that I'm in the red, you know? Um, so let's just, it's so, I wish there was a way to stop that marketing tactic for Mm -hmm. people sanity, you know, because my, your business does grow. And like you said, it does evolve and you do start to see income and, but it doesn't happen
0: rarely does it happen that you go from zero to six figures in 30 days and right yeah yeah exactly (laughs) you're right and
1: I love the fact that you come from an engineering background I'm just sitting here thinking I'm like she's the perfect person to coach like I don't even care if she has a coaching certification because you're so analytical on the building steps and the vision because as a creative I have lots of visions but there are no steps to get there (laughs) you know it's just this big paint board and I'm not that analytical mind. And my husband is. So when I tell him something, he's like, you need to do this and this and this. I'm like, don't tell me what to do <laughs> because he's my husband. And sometimes he doesn't always see you. I always tell him, I'm like, I see it in my head. I don't know how to get it out. And I love the fact that you come from an engineering background to help people, I guess, architect their vision
2: (laughs) that's exactly that's exactly it and i actually so i i sit on right on that edge that's that's the beauty of so if you think of an architect so i i call myself the vision architect when i was in engineering i was actually a spacecraft systems architect that's a title (laughs) but you probably know the word architect in terms of buildings right so think about it in that context um because that's what you're familiar with Because the spacecraft architect is similar, but instead of the building, you have a space mission, okay? And so um, with a building architect, you, you know that a building architect is both responsible for the technical solution of the building, right? The building has to be the right building for the thing, whether it's a giant warehouse or an office building or a residence, you know, it has to serve the purpose of the building and it has to comply with all of the codes and be safe. And, every, and, be, and 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 be last for a hundred years and all of that, right? That's all technical stuff. That's engineering. But the architect is also an artist. The most famous mm-hmm. architects we know are the architects where you see their building and you're like, ooh. Right. <laughs> you know, like the ones that don't always use 90 degree angles and straight lines. <laughs> the ones that like model their buildings after the mountains or a circus tent or some <laughs> other crazy, like it's supposed to evoke Emotion from you, right? So the best architects fuse engineering and artistry. They fuse that left brain stuff and the right brain stuff. They fuse the technical information and the into artistic intuition. They fuse the yin and the yang. I bet I did that in the wrong order, because I have Yang over here and Yin over here. Um, but that's where I sit as a coach, is I sit at that edge and I'm able to do both sides. I mean, I am analytical and I am a linear process oriented thinker and I'm also very intuitive and empathic and I have both. And so I actually have clients who sit on both sides. I have clients who are incredibly left brained who have high, a high sense of masculine energy, whether they're men or women. And I can help bring them into that, relax into that sense of, It should be evolutionary. It should be iterative. It's okay to not know everything right now. You can sit with the unknowing and take action based on what you do know and still be okay. So I bring that. I also have clients who sit on the creative side, on the go with the flow side, much more spontaneous. And I help, like you said, I help bring them that structure and say like, okay, but let's break it down into steps. Not, and well, let's give you some structure, not so that you get trapped into this rigid, this rigid thing where I have to do the thing next. But so when you get to that point where you have the big paint board in front of you and you're like, and you start freaking out because, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start with this. You have a structure over mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and you can go back to the structure, not as a cage or a trap or something restrictive, but as a touch point. To say, like, oh yeah, I remember. There can be some logic to this. There is an order to things and a system. So let's go back and check in with that. And now I'm off again, and I can go back into my free flowing, well, what if we did this and the brainstorm about that mm-hmm. until you get a little bit panicky again, and then we have the structure. <laughs> right. And so that's so I, I bring both sides, and I think that's one of. That's evolving into one of my key messages as a coach, as a thought leader, as an entrepreneur, as a speaker, is that no matter where you are, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in a corporate job or whatever, that we all have both of these sides within us. We all have the need for structure and process, and we all have a need to be imaginative and creative and to go with the flow and be spontaneous. And we like to segment ourselves as a population into one or the other, well, I'm left-brained, I don't think like that. Or I'm totally spontaneous, I hate having a plan because we're given the buckets, we're given INFJ, or I'm INFJ, we're given uh, Myers-Briggs, we're given all the personality tests, we're given StrengthsFinder and and Agram and all of the things, you can put yourself into 100 different boxes. And what you have to remember is that, yeah, you might tend towards one box or another, but you have all of it within you. And as a human, it is natural for you to flux back and forth and to cycle and to ebb and flow into the different boxes. Sometimes you need to plan more and it will make you feel better. Right. Sometimes you need to plan less and that will make you feel better. And it's okay to be both and it, it's not confusing and it's not bad. Not only is it normal and healthy, but it's good for you. It's good for you to be able to, for me to unplug my rational analytical mind and say like, you know what, I'm just going to go with the flow today. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. healthy. It's healthy to do Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, thank you very much for all of this information and um, helpful information. I know we, uh, (laughs) we kind of needed to hear some of these lessons today. Um, Where can people find you?
2: Um, you can come on over and find me at amysimpkins.com. Um, and if you're a business owner on there, I have a great PDF guide to help you build that structure, but it's a structure. It's a, it's a framework for, to, for the iterative process. Um, it's called the, uh, product design roadmap and don't be confused by the word product. Even if you're, um, building a, a service-based business or if you're trying, it helps walk you through the product can be any of those right. any, kind of anything you're putting out into the world and it helps you think about it in that iterative evolutionary way, but also bring some structure to the process. So if that edge is of interest to you and you're like, yes, I need to be more on the edge and less out in the total go with the flow or the total, I need to follow these six steps and then I'll have six figures. That's really going to help you. Awesome. Amy That's awesome. Well, thank you
0: so much for being with us. I appreciate all of the great, great tips.
1: Yes.
2: You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on.
1: Have a great day.
2: Thanks. You too.